from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies, like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. As we get closer and closer to kickoff of the NFL's divisional round of the playoffs, it is the best weekend in football because you get the eight best teams, the four best games, two games Saturday, two games Sunday, nothing beats the divisional round, not even the super wild card weekend that we had last week. This is the best weekend of football that we will get, uh, that we get all season. So I absolutely love this weekend. I'm looking forward to it so much. Um, I feel like I've settled in on where I'm going with all four of these games. Uh, But really to me, the best bet on the board is that two-team teaser that I talked about before, which is the Packers from six to a pick'em and the Bills north of the seven. So get them from one and a half to seven and a half, or if they're at two, get them from two to eight, whichever way. As long as you get them north of a touchdown, that's the goal. Getting them north of a touchdown. So you can get the Packers from six to zero, just at pick'em. And the Bills from one and a half to seven and a half. To me, it's the best bet on the board for this wild card weekend. One game Saturday, one game on Sunday. Give you a little bit of sweat here for the entire weekend. Uh, We've been going through the trends for the divisional round of the playoffs. One that I tweeted out earlier, and you guys follow me on Twitter, at Scott's On Air. I tweeted this out earlier in the day. Got a lot of reaction from people. Home teams since 2012. 31-9 31-9 and nine straight up. Going back since 2009, 36-12 straight up. So just think about that for a minute. The home teams have dominated winning these football games. We'll talk about the spread in just a minute, but in terms of who wins and advances to championship Sunday, the home teams in the divisional round since 2009, 36-12 straight up. Very interesting stuff. How have they done against the spread, though? 36-12 and 12 straight up. 25-22-1 against the spread. It's still a positive... Record, 
25 wins, 22 losses, one push against the spread. But it's not as enticing as the straight-up factor. 36-12 and 12 straight up since 2009. In the last six years, the home teams are 14-9-1 against the spread. Now, this is obviously the second year in this new playoff format because historically we've been dealing with multiple teams with the bye two teams in the AFC two teams in the NFC so the divisional round of the playoffs was always featuring a home team coming off of a bye and so yes those teams coming off of a bye Versus the teams that are coming in just played last weekend in the wildcard weekend. The home teams have had the advantage. The home teams have done extremely well. Straight up. Not so much ATS, but straight up. Last season, home teams went 3-1. and one. The only road team that won were the Tampa Bay Bucks, who won in New Orleans. That's very interesting to me especially considering that the trend still held true last year with home teams going 3-1 and one in the first year of the just single buys in both conferences. Another thing that's really interesting is the day in which the games are played. It's pretty wild. Over the last 12 seasons... Saturday home teams have gone 21 and 3 straight up, 18 and 6 against the spread. That's the Saturday home teams over the last 12 years. On Sundays, though, mm, it's about the road teams. On the Sunday games in the last Well, since 2006, we'll go back. The road teams, 22-9-1 against the spread. That's wild. Road teams on Sundays, 22-9-1 ATS. That would be the Rams and the Bills versus the Saturday teams at home, which would be the Titans and the Packers. Pretty, pretty interesting uh, stuff there. Um, As far as the totals, if you looked at the um, Saturday home teams, by the way, the Saturday games have gone over 16 and 8 in the last 12 years on Saturdays. Um, But overall, we've had the last 25 matchups between a number one seed and a wild card team, the under is 18, eight, and one in the last 25. Um, well, actually, that doesn't make sense because 18, it's more than that. So, more than 25. But you have 18, eight, and one. I think it's supposed to be 18, six, and one, but that's okay. 
basically the unders to play, and that would be the Packers and the 49ers, the only game that applies here. Uh, or actually, no, because the Bengals were a division winner, not a wild card team. So the, the 49ers, the only wild card team. Uh, number one seeds, however, though, 13 and nine to the over on the current streak. The number one seeds. The number two seeds are actually up a little bit better, 14 and eight. The number two seeds on a current run. Last year, both number two seeds went under. So actually, the run prior to last year was 14 and six. And then two unders last year by the two seeds. Two seeds this year are the Bucks and the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, following the, the money is always a positive strategy when it comes to the divisional round. The sharp movement. So we're talking about games where the line has moved more than a point. Okay? 22-10 ATS since 2009. So we're looking for a point movement. We have seen one game with a point movement. The Bills and the Chiefs. Money coming in on the Bills. And so the Bills fall into that category of 22-10 and 10 ATS. Now, money has come in on the Packers as well. That thing has moved up to six. So if you want to follow the money there, Packers would fall into that trend. Uh, in terms of like the outright winners covering against the spread, something that we talked about with the wild card round, uh, it's not as crazy as the wild card round. The wild card round, which went 6-0 and last weekend, by the way, with the outright winner covering the spread. The outright winner in the last 40 divisional playoff games, 29-10-1 ATS. So 29 out of the last 40 have covered the spread. So it's kind of a similar idea that if you like a team to win, you're betting that team to cover the spread. Whether it's an uh, if it's a favorite, you're betting on them to cover the points. If it's an underdog, you might have an interest in the money line on the underdog because they cover the spread 29 times out of the last 40 times. They are an outright winner of the game. So interesting stuff there. Uh, home favorites of, here's some more. Home favorites of five and a half points or less are just 10 and 14 against the spread since 2006. So home favorites, five and a half or less is pretty much everyone except for the Packers. Home favorites of six points or more, 18, 20, and one ATS. But, 28 and 11 straight up versus 14 and 10 straight up on the other side. So that would be the Packers there. Uh, there's no double digits, so we don't have to worry about that. Uh, road underdogs in the three and a half to nine and a half range have proven to be worthy bets going 22, 14 and one ATS in the last 37 tries. Uh, however, despite that ATS record, 11 and 26 straight up. And the road underdogs in the three and a half to five and a half range would be uh, the Cincinnati Bengals plus three and a half and the 49ers plus six. 
So good ATS numbers there, terrible straight-up numbers, which is why, again, the Packers teasing them down to a pick my favorite option of this weekend. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter, at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. We have three rematches in the divisional round of the playoffs of games that we saw earlier this season. Which of those games will turn out, turn out to be different from, the, from round one? So does the loser of the first game win the second game? We'll figure that out coming up next. You can hit me up again on Twitter, at Scott's on Air. Hit us all up at VSIN Live. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Scott Satterberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I mentioned we have three rematches of games that we had earlier in the season, and we will see happen again here in the divisional round. The first rematch is the Green Bay Packers against the San Francisco 49ers. Earlier in the season, in week three, it was the uh, San Francisco game in San Francisco or in Santa Clara, the Packers winning 30-28. We talked about that game a lot. We'll get into it a little bit further, but I want to just go over the Packers' record in rematch games this year. Against their division, obviously those are the games that you're going to look at because those are the rematch games. They beat the Lions in week two. They lost to the Lions in week 18. And really, that was, they didn't play anybody. So, you know, it is what it is. They they took it easy in that game. They didn't care. Uh, Their other divisional game, they played against the Bears. And they won the first game against the Bears and won the second game against the Bears. The other divisional game were the Vikings games where they lost the first game to the Vikings and they won the second game against the Vikings. So in both situations, well, in the in both situations where they won the first game, they lost the second game in one of the rematches, but I don't count it because that was the last game of the year against the Lions. And the other situation was the Bears. They won both of those games. So... That's how they did in rematched games this year. For the 49ers, their rematch games from this season. They lost to the Seahawks in week three, and then they lost again to the Seahawks later on in the season. They lost to the Arizona Cardinals early in the season, and then lost again to the Arizona Cardinals a couple of weeks later. And then they beat the Rams and then wound up beating the Rams again. So in both situations where the 49ers lost the first game, they lost the second game as well. 
So that doesn't bode well for them in their rematch situation. The other rematches that we will see will be on Sunday. The Tampa Bay Bucks against the Rams is a rematch of a game that we saw earlier this season, a game in which the Rams won 34-24. to So how did the Bucks do in their rematches this season? In their division, the Bucks lost to the Saints the first game. They lost to the Saints the second game. And the second game was the fluky 9-0. I mean, that's just totally bizarre. Uh, that was against the Saints. Against Atlanta, they won the first game, and they won the second game. And then against Carolina, they won the first game, and they won the second game. So in the oh, – oh, and then there's the Eagles. They won the first game against the Eagles in the regular season and then won the rematch in the playoffs. So in every situation, every rematch this season where the Bucs won the first game, they also won the second game. But in the only time where they lost the first game, they actually went on to lose the second game. So Rams, they lost to the Rams in the first game. That would fall into the whole thing about losing the second time around. Uh, As for the Rams now, how did they do in rematch games this year? They lost to the Cardinals the first time they played them. Then they beat them the second time and third time they played them this year. Uh, They beat the Seahawks the first time that they played them. And then they beat the Seahawks the second time that they played them. And then they lost to the 49ers the first time and lost to the 49ers the first time. So the, the second time. So the only time where they had a situation where they won the first game was against the Seahawks and they wound up winning the second game, winning the rematch. And most recently, winning game two against the Cardinals, and then winning game three against the Cardinals. So they beat the Bucks in week three, see how they do in their rematch coming up this weekend. The third rematch is the Bills against the Chiefs. Earlier this season, Bills beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead 38-20. to The Bills rematched games this season. They beat the Dolphins in the first game, beat the Dolphins in the second game. They beat the Jets in the first game. They beat the Jets in the second game. They lost to New England in the first game, but then they beat New England in the second game and then beat New England in the third game. So if you count the situations where the Bills won the first game, they also went on to win the second game, And if you count the second win over the the Patriots going into the third time they played them, they won the back-to-back games. The Kansas City Chiefs, meanwhile, their rematched games this season. The Chiefs lost to the Chargers, but then beat the Chargers. The Chiefs beat the Raiders and then beat the Raiders again, and then they beat Denver and beat Denver again. And then they beat the Steelers and beat the Steelers again. So the only time where they lost a game, they then avenged that loss by beating the Chargers the next time they played them. So kind of uh, interesting stuff there with how each of these teams have done in their rematched games this season. 
It's just a look at how they have, you know, learned from the first game that they've played and adjusted to the next time that they played the same team. Uh, and obviously in the division, you're so familiar with your opponents that you almost have to kind of try and reinvent yourself and and do things that are unexpected. Uh, you better believe that coaching staffs for these teams have died, you know, dove deep into the game film from the first go-around, from how they played the first time around. So can you take anything away from the first game? The 49ers-Packers, I I feel like we talked about that a lot the first time that those two teams played. Really, it was the Packers dominating early. It was the turnover on downs and the inability for them to tack on more points that actually wound up hurting them in the long run because the 49ers were able to double dip, scoring at the end of the first half and then also scoring to start the second half. And so they were able to come back in that game. As for the Rams against the Bucks, really, it was the big play that was the difference in this game. Deshaun Jackson, who's not even on this team anymore, had a 75-yard touchdown on the third play of the second half and then had a big 40-yard catch on another drive that led to a Rams touchdown. So the two big deep catches by Deshaun Jackson were the difference in this game. Those led, one of them was a touchdown, the other one led to a short touchdown. So if you take away those two big plays, you take away two touchdowns from the Rams, Rams won this game 34-24. Now, could the game have played out differently? Of course it could have, but I'm just saying. If, you, if it was two big plays, that was the difference in that game. And now we look at the way that the Chiefs and the Bills played each other earlier in the season. Patrick Mahomes turned the football over three times. The Chiefs, collectively as a team, turned the football over four times. If they don't do that, <laughs> and I know it's easy to say, just don't turn the football over, but yeah, turnovers are very important in football. You can't turn the football over. And 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 the the timing of the, per, the the turnovers, where they are on the field. You know, Mahomes, one of the interceptions was returned for a touchdown. So you take away the pick six. You take away uh, the fumble and the other interception. Who knows how the game plays out? Bills won 38-20. Again, one of those touchdowns was the pick six. And other scores were helped out by short field and touch and short field after turnovers. Also, two big plays: an Emmanuel Sanders 35-yard touchdown and a Dawson Knox 53-yard touchdown. And because of how poorly uh, Patrick Mahomes played with the turnovers, the, the 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 Chiefs never really made their big play. Mecole Hardman was the leading receiver. With 76 yards. Not Travis Kelsey. Not Tyreek Hill. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter. At Scott's on air. S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Which rematch do you think winds up as a different result from the first time 
that these teams played each other in the regular season. This is The Look Ahead here on Visa. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's never too early to prepare for the big game. We want to make sure VSIN is a part of your plans. We'll be with you throughout the playoffs. And then on Championship Weekend, we'll have 56 hours of free video coverage on vsin.com leading up to our sixth annual live big game betcast. It's the biggest game of the year, so make plans now to join the VSIN betting experts before, during, and after the action on vsin.com. Scott Satterberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on vsin, the sports betting network. And we've gone over a lot of trends when it comes to the NFL's divisional rounds of the playoffs. But there's one betting trend that trumps them all. And it's one that we actually here at VSIN are responsible for. Point Spread Weekly comes out Wednesdays and Wednesdays into Thursdays. And for the past 16 weeks, the cover team on Point Spread Weekly is 2 and 14 straight up. The following game. This is not a joke. This is worse than the Madden curse. We'll go back to issue number nine. The Lakers were on the cover of Point Spread Weekly. They got off to an 0-2 start. The following week, the Bengals were on the cover of Point Spread Weekly. They lost as 11.5 point favorites. The Packers were then on the cover of Point Spread Weekly, and Aaron Rodgers was out with COVID, and they lost their game. Then the Ravens were on the cover. They lost as eight-and-a-half-point favorites. The Cowboys, Dak Prescott was on the cover. They lost to the Chiefs. Then Ohio State featured on the cover. They lose to Michigan as six-and-a-half-point favorites. Georgia on the cover, losing to Alabama as a six-point favorite. Then Tom Brady was on the cover, and hey, the Bucs won in overtime. Then the Mac Jones and the Patriots were on the cover, and they were dominated. The Colts were then on the cover, but they won. Congratulations. Then Jim Harbaugh was on the cover. Michigan trounced in the semifinal. Alabama on the cover, and they lose and can't cover. In the national title game. And then Derek Carr on the cover. And the Raiders lose. As six point dogs. In the playoffs. The cover teams. Of point spread weekly. Two and 14. In the last. 16 weeks. We will see. Who the crew here at VSIN has the audacity to jinx coming up next. And if I had to guess, and I haven't seen any early additions yet, but if I had to guess, I think it's going to be like the the Chiefs or the Bills. You know? Actually, I don't know. It could be the Rams on Monday, after Monday night, but I think maybe the Chiefs and the Bills or maybe 
the most enticing. Maybe Derrick Henry on the cover, returning. Tom Brady, I, I don't know. But 2-14 and 14 straight up, that's a trend that can't be ignored. We cannot ignore that trend. So we will make sure that once Point Spread Weekly comes out, we tell you exactly who's on the cover and whether or not that curse is going to continue. You can hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R as we continue to break down the games here for the Wild Card Weekend. And the props are really going to be a fun thing to play here in terms of the division round here. Like, which is going to be the highest scoring game of the divisional round? Up on DraftKings, the odds are there. The Bills and the Chiefs is the favorite at plus 120. Rams, Bucks is plus 330. 49ers, Packers plus 350. Bengals, Titans plus 360. If you're obviously just going on the totals of the games, then yes, you would believe that it would be the um, the Chiefs and the Bills as the highest scoring game on the divisional round. I think that we could get, yeah, that that could be the highest scoring game. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Packers wind up scoring a lot against the 49ers. And in terms of highest scoring team, it's right there on the screen. Chiefs and the Bills are your favorites, along, and the Packers are next as the highest scoring team on the divisional round. Then the Bucks, Titans, Rams... Bengals and 49ers. I think the Packers could be the highest scoring team this weekend. The lowest scoring game, Cincinnati and Tennessee plus 200, also plus 200, 49ers, Packers, Rams, Bucks plus 225, Chiefs, Bills plus 600. I actually like the Rams and the Bucks to be the lowest scoring game. Lowest scoring team, 49ers plus 300. Yeah, that's the one I like as the lowest scoring team. Bengals plus 350, Rams plus 400, Titans plus 700, Bucks plus 800, Bills plus 900, Packers plus 900, Chiefs plus 1,200. And that's, look, I like the 40, because I said I like the Packers as the highest scoring team. I like the 49ers as the lowest scoring team, if we're being honest. Speaking of this 49er game against the Green Bay Packers, that was the topic of discussion on primetime action with Whale Capper, otherwise known as Drew Dinsick talking about Jimmy G and the 49ers in a comeback spot. The way that they can control a run game and stuff, that it's certainly a team that can, that can possibly bully a team like the Packers, but if you can't make any of the throws, and if this, this shoulder thing is for real, and if you don't have Bosa giving Aaron Rodgers any trouble back there, we know that the 49ers can't cover on the back end. Uh, you know, the, the deep downfield passes is really the Achilles heel here. Could this one set up if everything kind of falls against the Niners here as a kind of a route for the Packers? I feel that that's possible, yes. And realistically, even, I guess, if we were sitting here in a total vacuum and Jimmy Garoppolo was 100%, Nick Bosa, we knew he was going to go. Uh, we knew Fred Warner was going to be out there. And oh, by the way, the Packers weren't coming off of two weeks of really two and a half, three weeks of rest. 
And oh, by the way, it wasn't a quick turnaround from a Saturday from a Sunday game to a Saturday game for the Niners. Like it basically, this was a totally neutral situation uh, and you had full health. I can entirely entertain someone who would make a case that the Niners are alive because of what they can do schematically, particularly as you mentioned in the run game and just winning in the trenches, um, you know, their offensive line against the green Bay defense where if they get the ball first, or if they can get an early stop for green Bay, they can put together a really nice scripted drive, get points on the board, play from ahead and really dictate this game. Much like what we saw in the NFC championship game a couple of years ago. Like that's that I would entirely entertain that as a plausible narrative. This is not that situation. <laughs> and it's for all those reasons. Uh, surely the injury to Jimmy Garoppolo is going to ultimately matter. Uh, surely the fact that the Green Bay Packers are coming in completely rested and at full strength for the first time in a long time. Jair Alexander, uh, kind of guy that makes a difference for exactly that issue you're bringing up. Um, and, uh, you know, surely the, the short rest for San Francisco and some of the other pieces, key pieces dealing with injuries are going to ultimately be a factor in this game. Um, I think, uh, you know, if the neutral, you know, the, the fair price on this one uh, is six, um, you know, all things considering neutral situation, then with the buy, with the uh, short rest for San Francisco, with the injury concerns, you almost have to see some value on Green Bay, even if you're doing a math focused approach to handicapping this game. So um, and then just to kind of put a cherry on it, there is a long tail. Like there is a very real scenario where Green Bay has margin in this one. And then all of a sudden, if you're holding the San Francisco plus five and a half plus six ticket and you're down, you know, 14 points, you feeling like you have any chance at a comeback with Jimmy Garoppolo in his state. I'm not feeling great about that. Um, and so I think, you know, certainly game, you know, uh, you know, path to victory here for the Packers is pretty obvious. They need to come out and be pretty aggressive early on. They need to use some of the better plays of the playbook in the, in the scripted portion, uh, generate a lead here, put San Francisco on their heels and, uh, you know, put this game on, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's injured shoulder. That was Drew Dinsick at Will Capper earlier on prime time action here on VSIN. And I'm right there with him. And I said the, my favorite bet of the weekend is teasing that Packers total down and getting it from a six to a pick em, just finding a dance partner with them because I don't think there's any way the Green Bay Packers lose this game. And I do think they do cover. I think they cover the six. I think they win by a touchdown or more. Um, eventually, I'll probably find a way to put that six into a bet somewhere. But uh, I just think that they will win this game, and I've, I'm more confident in that than any other result for this weekend, and that's the Packers will win against the 49ers. I'm Scott Satterberg. You can hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. There's a fun prop available on DraftKings right now for the divisional round of the playoffs. We'll explore that coming up next and uh, take a look at the NBA and NHL for this Wednesday night here on VEASAN. This is the look ahead on VEASAN, the sports betting network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcasts. Catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. 
Go to vcin.com slash podcasts and get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. They're all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. What is the look ahead here on vcin, the sports betting network? Uh, you can always follow me on Twitter at scottsonair, S-C-O-T-T-S. O-N-A-I-R. So much breakdown of the divisional round of the playoffs. And uh, just one more, you know, trend and information. I'll give you the records on how the teams have done since 2002 in the divisional round. Uh, For Cincinnati, this is their first time in the divisional round since 1990. For Tennessee, they're two and three straight up and against the spread. Since this, again, this is since 2002. For San Francisco, four and one straight up and ATS. For Green Bay, six and five straight up, seven and four ATS. It's just amazing how many times they have been in it since 2002. The Rams, one and one, both straight up and ATS. Tampa Bay, two and oh straight up and ATS. For Buffalo, one and oh straight up and ATS. And for the Chiefs, three and three straight up, two and four against the spread. Those are your uh, records for the teams in the divisional round, how they have done since 2002. We will continue to break down these games uh, as we get closer and closer to kickoff on Saturday. Uh, the one trend that really jumped out to me was the home team trend and how they have done just straight up. Home teams overall since 2009 in the divisional round, 36 and 12 straight up. Yes, a lot of that had to do with both teams playing on the bye off of a bye versus teams that are, you know, coming off of a wild card weekend game. So 36 and 12 straight up since 2009. Saturdays have been much better to home teams than Sundays. Saturday home teams, 21 and three straight up over the last 12 seasons. That's crazy. Sundays, 17 and 15 straight up. So on Sundays, the road teams have done a lot better in terms of winning the games. And actually, Going back to 2006, the Sunday road teams, 22-9-1 against the spread. Is that just wild? 22-9-1 ATS, the Sunday road teams, since 2006. 2-0 last year, Sunday road teams, including the one road team that won a game outright, which was the Tampa Bay Bucks in New Orleans last season. Again, we'll continue to break down these games as we get closer and closer. Wanted to get into the Wednesday action here for the NBA and the NHL. Uh, taking a look at the NBA action here for Wednesday night. The Wizards, one-and-a-half-point favorites over the Brooklyn Nets. That's in Washington. The Sixers at home, 12-point favorites over the Magic. Celtics at home, four-and-a-half-point favorites over the Hornets. The Hawks are laying two-and-a-half at home against the Timberwolves. Minnesota playing on the second night of a back-to-back. They came, they just beat the Knicks on Tuesday night 
112 to 110. Uh, Miami is eight and a half point favorites at home against Portland. Cleveland, one and a half point favorites on the road in Chicago. Milwaukee is six point favorites at home against the Grizzlies. The Spurs are six point favorites at home against the Thunder. Mavericks, four points at home against the Toronto Raptors. The Jazz are laying 12 at home against the Rockets. Nuggets are laying seven at home against the Clippers. Kings are laying five and a half at home against the Pistons. Detroit playing on the second night of a back-to-back as they lost uh, against the Golden State Warriors in San Francisco on Tuesday night. And then the last game of the night is the Lakers laying five at home to the Pacers. Uh, Your current ATS records in the NBA, the Cavs are the best team in the league against the number, 29-13-3. Second best is the Oklahoma City Thunder, 28-14-1. The Memphis Grizzlies, 30-16 against the number this year, and they are six-point dogs in Milwaukee on Wednesday currently. Your worst team against the spread is the Atlanta Hawks, 16-27. and 27. They are, what I say, two-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Timberwolves. Minnesota playing the second night of a back-to-back. Atlanta just got their first home win in forever. That was on Monday on MLK Day. The second-worst team in the NBA against the number is the Brooklyn Nets, 16-26-1. Absolutely embarrassing when you look at uh, what they have done this season against the spread. On the ice, uh, just a small three-game schedule in the NHL on Wednesday. You have uh, the Devils at home against the Coyotes. Devils are a minus 205 favorite with a total of six. The Rangers are at home against the Maple Leafs. Toronto is a minus 160 favorite with a total of five and a half. And Colorado on the road in Anaheim. The Avalanche are minus 245. Total of six. The total of six is juiced at minus 125. The Avalanche have been one of the uh, hottest teams in hockey. They've won eight of their last nine games. And if you look at those nine games, all but one have featured at least Six goals. So you want to talk about scoring. The totals in the last nine games for the Avalanche. Seven, five, seven, nine, seven, nine, eight, seven, six. So again, eight and one in their last nine games. Eight of the nine games have featured at least Six goals. In fact, seven of the nine have featured at least seven goals. Total is six between the Avalanche and the Ducks here on Wednesday night. Uh, Looking at the periods, I don't think we have any period uh, props here, but I wanted to see what the first period was or the third period because that's an interesting nugget um, as uh, we had a tweet coming in from... I believe it was CRG uh, tweeted at me. I want to read his tweet here. Yeah, CRG Futures tweeting at me. The Avalanche are on a 27-3 to overrun in the third period. And the uh, third period total 
uh, listed at points bet is at two. I don't see anything up on DraftKings, but it likely would be two. Uh, and if you just look at the Avalanche over their past couple of games, um, last time they played against Minnesota, there was three goals scored in the third period. Uh, against Arizona, they scored just one goal in the third period. That was coincidentally the only game that went under the posted total. The over game against Arizona featured two goals in the third period. Uh, against Nashville, featured three goals in the third period. Um, against Seattle, featured two goals in the third period. So if the total was at one and a half for the third period, it's almost like an auto fire on the over. But the books have started to adjust on a lot of these totals, and you're seeing some period totals, not one and a half, but two. That's, you know, we saw that the other night. Uh, there was a first period total of two instead of one and a half, and the one and a half juiced the total of two, and it actually pushed on the total of two uh, the other night. So that's where we're looking here. Um, if we're looking at all three of these NHL games, I would lean. Actually, Coyotes against the Devils. I like the plus money value there. Same thing with the Rangers at home against the Leafs. And uh, I will go with the Avalanche on you know on the road. And I like the over in the Avalanche there. Don't feel comfortable laying the 250. Might go with a puck line there on the Avalanche. Coming up this morning on Follow the Money, Jeff Seeley, golf handicapper, will join the program. Johnny Avella from DraftKings, the sportsbook director at 845 Eastern Time. Teresa Walker from the Associated Press covering the Tennessee Titans will join the program at 9.15 a.m. Eastern Time. It's all coming up this morning on Follow the Money. You can follow me, Scott Seidenberg, on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Can continue to play the pucks, and I'm going to go over the six in the Avalanche and the Ducks, the nightcap, on tomorrow on a Wednesday night schedule. So when we come back tomorrow, we'll see if we are winners on that hockey total. Again, follow me on Twitter at Scott's On Air. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work.